Thematically, this gospel passage follows on the heels of, of course, uh, Friday's, uh, we did the optional uh, reading here uh, and the, with the raising of Lazarus, and, and there's a connection even beyond that, too. Uh, if you remember, I know it's a horrible, horrible thing to think about, but uh, I said at that time, you know, they, they pointed out, Lord, it's going to stink. Um, and here we have something completely opposite. Mary coming in with this genuine spikenard in other places. Um, uh, some places it's said that it's in an alabaster jar, and we, we hear all that. There's lots of confusion who, who did this and all this stuff here. It's very clear. It's Mary, the uh, sister of Lazarus, the sister of Martha. And I have to admit, too, as we're reading it, uh, Luke's gospel has, of course, Martha and Mary, and, and uh, Martha's worried about so many things, and, and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. They, fa they fall into their personality types. You know, Martha's worried about many things, and Mary just comes in and serves the Lord. But she uses this nard, and for maybe, maybe you're aware, and, and, uh, what, but it helps us to understand how unique this nard was. Um, the nard was an oil that was given, given its smell by the uh, stamens of a particular crocus plant. It would take something like 10,000 stamens to, to make one ounce of this nard. It was very expensive. In the days of Jesus, it was extremely expensive. And, and Judas points out, uh, and Judas sounds like he could have played price of, the price is right, uh, for those that are familiar with that game show. But, uh, you know, it was worth 300 days' wages. So do it in modern math, it's about $30,000. She poured $30,000 of oil on the feet of Jesus. And of course, Judas is upset, and I, I love how you really know who St. John didn't like in this story. <laughs> it's not because he cared about the poor, but he was a thief. <laughs> but there's something, uh, something more for here. We, again, we see the personalities coming out. We see Mary pouring her heart out onto the Lord, pouring it out in this oil and wiping it with her hair. Not a drop was to be wasted, apparently. And not a drop was wasted. Or we see Martha, concerned about the so many things, serving the Lord, and yet serving him. Or you see Lazarus, who is just thankful to be in the presence of the Lord. And then you have Judas, the exact opposite, of course. Uh, it could have been spent on something else. It could have been given to the poor. And again, as St. John points out, it's not because he cared for the poor. And I, I found myself <laughs> reflecting on that this morning, uh, or actually last night too, and how interesting it is. Sometimes we're reminded as Catholics, sometimes, oh, you don't care about the, the child after they're born. You don't care about this. You don't care about that. Uh, you know, they're, they're telling us what we care about or don't care about. And the ones who feign this concern about the impoverished child really aren't all that concerned about the impoverished child. And this sounds like judgment, and maybe it is. I'm not judging any particular individual. But so we should be able to do whatever we want to do before that child is born because, you know, you don't take care of the child afterward. And yet they forget how important the Catholic Church has been in, in founding orphanages, of helping children, helping mothers in, in uh, poor circumstances, of reminding uh, if, if we want to avoid impoverished children, the number one thing we need to do is strengthen family life. And so they feign this interest 
in the impoverished child or paying this interest in the impoverished, the homeless or whatever, and we see this even yet today, why is it in some particular districts of Congress that they have higher poverty rates, higher homeless rates than anywhere else? And yet they feign this interest. It's because they forgot about the Lord. And maybe I'm not calling them thieves or, or whatever, but maybe they take a page out of Judas's playbook. Self first, other second, God last, if there's any room for that. But then there's Mary. Mary reminds us she was willing to spend a year's worth of salary, whatever, whatever they did to, to become rich, they would have had to have some means. She spent it all in love. And Jesus saying, she's keeping this for the day of my burial. Of course, in, in the church's accounting of things, this happened on that first Holy Monday and his burial only a few days later. As his feet were walking that Via Della Rosa and that I, I had to look it up, somebody asked me, and, and I walked it uh, in Jerusalem, and how far really is it? It's, it's only about one or two kilometers tops. But in that one or two kilometers, his feet would have been covered in all sorts of stuff. The exhaust of animals, if you want to just stay with that. He would have been probably walking on his own blood that spilled from his pierced head or pierced, uh, whipped back. How Mary anticipated all of that. And we, as we gather on this Holy Monday, anticipated as well. We're not privileged like Mary was to break open an alabaster jar. We're probably not rich enough to spend $30,000, but we can give everything we are. We can give everything. For Mary, this nard was a symbol of her thankfulness. For us, when we give our lives in this Eucharist, when we put ourselves, as St. Augustine tells us time and again, to put ourselves in the chalice, to put ourselves in the paten, and offer ourselves to the Lord, we do it because we're thankful for what he has done for us. And as we enter this holy week, to ask him to help us to be prepared for his, for his wedding or his funeral.